My name is Duran Hendricks, and you are listening to Tribute First, a limited podcast series interviewing some of the top financial dominatrixes, or findoms, of Twitter to learn more about the community built around dominance and submission relationships and the exchange of money as the ultimate representation of power. Today I am talking to Princess Azula at Bitchy Azula on Twitter. That's at B-L-I-T-C-H-Y Azula, A-Z-U-L-A on Twitter. Uh, how are you doing today, Azula? I'm doing well, just a little tired, but I'm doing well. Okay, so um, just kind of start off, uh, how long have you been a financial dominatrix and what brought you into the FinDom community? So I've been doing it online for almost two years now, um, but beforehand I had been doing, in general, sex work um, pretty much since I was 18 in college. So that's how long I've been doing sex work for and just like FinDom in general and then what was the other part of the question again uh what kind of brought you into the online part of the community because you started as a as a in-person sex worker so what brought you online into the transition of, of financial domination um well just like I just wanted to like at first just explore the online community um I've always known I wanted to like do like sex work of some sort but it's a little harder to just do it in person for multiple reasons like such as safety and whatnot so I figured just in general to like build my brand and like who I am it'd be better to like just move online and gain a following there so why is it that you always wanted to pursue sex work I mean so like from like since I was little like you know, people ask you, like, what you want to do, and I just always wanted to be pretty and do nothing. I never really, like, fed into the idea of, like, a super, like, corporate nine-to-five job, um, and it's funny, like, in school, I always got, like, really great grades and stuff, but I just, it wasn't interesting to me. Um, I just knew I wanted to do something that would make me feel pretty and empowered, and for that, that was, like, sex work. So what is kind of empowering about sex work for you? For me, um, and I can't speak for everyone else, but for Mm -hmm. me, especially like what I do and like my own brand, it's that I set my own boundaries. Um, If I don't feel comfortable with a client or like just anything in general, I can just put my foot down and it goes my way. And I just feel like that's how it's always been my whole life. Like I just am very like straightforward and like, always set my foot down for what I believe is right um and like I feel like that translates into just what I do so you kind of got into sex work kind of as you described it uh because you you weren't as interested in the type of labor um associated with kind of the more vanilla jobs you know corporate school even like uh restaurant jobs anything like that Do, do you find that sex work has been more or less of a maybe time and energy commitment than what you were thinking it was? So I definitely do know it is hard work. Like, I'm not just going to be, like, saying, oh, it's so easy. Like, anyone can do it because not everyone can do it. I do spend just as much time working. I have to, like, market. I edit my own stuff. Um, And I have to, like, be kind of, like, readily available for sessions most of the time. So it is still a lot of work, but I like it because it's flexible and I can – make my own like schedule um it gives me a lot of free time to just I feel like take care of myself and prioritize like my own mental health too 
Um, because I had worked a regular like vanilla job and I hated it. <laughs> Just felt like it was torture. Um, but yeah, with doing this, it's still hard work. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different kind of hard work. Um, and I just happen to be good at it. And what do you think makes you um, good at it? Uh, I see like on your Twitter account, you have uh, uh, 6,000, uh, almost six and a half thousand followers. So why do you think you have um, done so well? Well, for one, I'm very consistent with like who I've like branded myself to be. And really like my own brand is like naturally just me. It's my personality. Um, everything that I post is very much like what happens in my life. Um, so I feel like it's a mix of that. I feel like my personality in general, I'm very like honest. I'm not afraid to speak the truth. I'm not afraid of hurt feelings. Um, so that's part of it. I also feel like just in general, going back to like the consistency, whenever I first started, especially as um, a POC person, it is a lot harder to gain a following compared to like, let's say like a skinny, like white girl. It is a lot harder. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I've built a brand and I've been consistent with it. So what is your brand? Who is Princess Azula? Well, I feel like my name is like, kind of describes it all bitchy azula i'm a bitch i feel like everyone in my life has always told me that and i've never taken that in the wrong way um like you know i think it's good honest honestly um so aside from like being bitchy i feel like my whole like aesthetic it's kind of like being rich and mean and just authentically myself so that's honestly how i would describe myself i don't really force anything it's just me and I, I have to ask about your name, uh, Princess Azula. Is it related to, to Avatar The Last Airbender? Of course it is. Um, I very much look up to Azula on, in that show. I like her character. She's very strong-willed. I feel like her character just resembles who I am, honestly. So whenever I was choosing my name, I was like, it's fitting. And the, the name Azula in general has like Spanish origins, and I'm like... Latina, so it just made sense. So what was it like um, back when you started, which was, um, is it the same as your Twitter account? Did you start around yeah, November, November 2019? 2019? So when Correct. you were first I've... starting, oh, sorry. No, you can continue. Okay, so when you were first starting out, um, what was kind of your plan to uh, market yourself? How did you, you know, as you were speaking, you said that you were a woman of color kind of looking for start what was kind of the way that you uh took to get to where you are today um i'm not going to lie it was challenging um i kind of made my account spontaneously like i knew i had been wanting to do it but i never really gave it like much of a um thought process like i wasn't like okay i'm gonna do this and this and this i kind of just went for it so whenever i first started if you go to twitter and just search up the tag findom um, most of the time, the people who are going to populate and show up on your feed are going to be more, um, you know, white people. And it was really hard to, like, find, like, someone who looked like me or even not, like, just another POC that was, like, successful. So it's kind of hard to, like, look up to someone at first. Um, so I felt like in the very, very beginning, 
I was just trying to do like what everyone else was doing and I don't think that like did like made me successful I don't think that was good for me um so that's whenever I had to like you know obviously like research more into like kinks and kinks I liked and then kind of like put my own twist to it so like kind of tweet how I would normally tweet if it was like you know my regular social media but make it kinky Hmm. and so what are the kinks that you kind of settled on as um what you are kind of best at like what do you what do you focus on (sighs) this is a tough question there's so many that I like and like it's all for different reasons it really depends on especially the sub who I'm like like doing this with it just really depends on that um but I feel like my top favorites would have to be and this is a very controversial one but I I kind of like piss I like piss kinks um so that's something I tweet about often and I feel like that like majority of the time is like a good reason like why I get like subs Mm. um because not too many people offer that and then also home wrecking um Mm. I've always kind of been a home wrecker since I was like in high school and stuff like even like by accident honestly so I feel like it just kind of work body worship of any kind so like not just your normal like tits ass but also you know like armpits belly buttons it's kind of just like a great mind fuck um and then my last one that I'd have to pick a, it's like a top one would be humiliation but like I feel like my humiliation is like extreme humiliation okay could you kind of go more into that it's a little hard to explain, like the humiliation, right? That's what mm-hmm. you're asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little hard to explain. So I feel like a lot of people think it's more so like, "fuck you, loser," like pay me, and it's not really like that. Like I don't think that's like humiliation. I think that's kind of cringy, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like I have a way with words and like being like very like manipulative. And making people feel bad about themselves. That's honestly kind of a gift I have. <laughs> um, and I i think it just works. Um, I'm able to, like, especially, like, with my subs. I don't really like to do this, like, with anyone else, obviously, unless I have their consent. But, like, with subs, I like to, like, learn their insecurities and, like, learn what makes them them. And then, like, kind of use that against them and make them feel, like, ashamed in a sense. Okay. And how do you like consider the ethics of kind of what you do there there are some people that think that uh financial domination is inherently unethical because it is the transfer of sometimes a lot of of money from one person to another so how do you kind of consider the ethical boundaries not just of fendom but also kind of some of these other kinks that you um particularly emphasize like home wrecking and um um the extreme humiliation so I just want to start off by saying like BDSM and kinks are going to be very dark. That's just the reality of it. I think anyone who's into it like comes in knowing that, you know, no one thinks this is like rainbows and shit. It's literally dark and twisted. Um, So I understand that like from the outside looking in, it can be very weird. Like people are like, why are these girls getting so much money from random men? Like, you know, it's, quite an interesting relationship um as for the ethics of it like i said it's dark and twisted there are of course some gray areas for some like other kinks that are like 
in my opinion, just like wrong. Um, and I can get into that later, but mm-hmm. in general with Findom, I don't really believe there's anything wrong with it. It can sometimes go too far, and maybe that's another dominatrix doing that. I can't sp- say that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, in any dom sub relationship, there will be limits, and like that usually should be talked about beforehand. That's something I talk about, like with my subs. Like they will usually bring up their limits, and I'll be like, okay. Like, I'm not going to be, like, a cunt about it. Um, and just in general, like, Fendom, it's a power exchange. Um, in society, you know, it's a patriarchal society. Men make more money um, regardless of the job. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, women kind of taking that power and, like, demanding that money from men. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with Fendom. It can't, like I said, it can get too far if, like, people and, like, really, like, the sub not being responsible with their money. But these are adults. I'm not in charge of an adult. I'm in charge of myself and my puppy. So, yeah. So when a sub approaches you and pays your initial uh, and you begin kind of talking about kind of limits, what, what does that conversation look like? Uh, how do you streamline it? How do you organize it? What is kind of the, the breakdown of how that conversation happens for you? This is such a hard question because I don't want to reveal all my secrets, but, um, (laughs) you know, I want to keep myself like self. Anyway, it really just varies. Um, Like, let's say a sub approaches me, sends my initial tribute. Usually I will ask them, like, what brings you here? And like, what are you, what are you into? You know, so I'll get to know them a little bit, make some small talk. Um, and usually like while I'm talking to them, I'm draining them. Um, so I like to like really like kind of like start off with smaller amounts, build it up and see like what these subs are comfortable with. I also like to see it, um, to kind of measure obedience. I really like guys who will be obedient, um, and also honest, like that's when, whenever a sub will usually mention, okay, that's my limit. I, I can't send much more. You know, so it kind of just goes along that way. Okay, so you kind of mix the the draining with the conversation. Yeah. Hmm. You mentioned earlier kind of some of the, the kinks that you wouldn't engage in or, or, or kind of like the, the negative ones. Uh, can you kind of talk a little bit about like your limits? So um, my limits definitely race play. Um, and whenever I say race play, I don't mean, like, a white man and me, because that's, like, what makes the power exchange hot. I mean, like, degrading other POCs. I'm not, I can't do it. I really can't. Um, I also think it's very disgusting whenever I see, like, other doms, especially white doms, engage in race play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's, like, racist. That's pretty much it. So aside from race play, I would also say like anything like in regards to like religion, I don't really want to like disrespect religions or cultures, stuff like that. I feel like that goes kind of hand in hand with like, with like race play. And then also anything regarding like age or like minors, like Mm -hmm. stuff like that, disgusting, off limits. Um, Oh, and like the r word you know rape yeah um i don't like whenever subs use that word like Mm -hmm. i've had like some subs say like oh like rape my wallet and it's honestly just a disgusting word um 
And I wouldn't want to trigger anyone else with that word either. So those are probably like off the top of my head, like some of the ones I can think of that I just like wouldn't engage with. Mm -hmm. So have you kind of experienced um, racism in the FinDom community? Like towards myself? Uh, I'd say seen it. I'd say I'd say both, you know, if you have a personal experience, I'd love to hear more about that. Or if there's just things that you've noticed as part of being in the community. Um, I've never personally experienced like racism in the community. Um, and like I have seen it before, like with other people or most more so just like doms being racist. Like just like most of the time. And they're, of course, like usually white doms being racist. But as for like myself i haven't ever experienced it online okay and then what's kind of the racism that you've seen is it that there are lots of kind of more white doms that are engaging in race play or or is there something else well i don't want to name any names but and i know that most doms who are active in the community like on twitter they will know who i'm talking about but there are like a good like handful of doms that like somehow get their account suspended and somehow come back and engage in like race play for starters and also just say very like disgusting things and I do not want to like state what they are because it's just mm-hmm. not necessary. That's understandable. Um, so I've spoken to a few other FinDoms on this podcast, and they've kind of all talked about the importance of engagement groups as being kind of the way that they get their content out and kind of also uplift other people. Um, and I've noticed from having, you know, the Tribute First account follow uh, you on Twitter that you retweet a lot of other sex workers, especially other FinDoms uh, content. So uh, I haven't really seen that a lot before. I see the occasional retweet from other accounts, but most of it is is kind of liking. So why is it that you um, retweet a lot of other sex workers? Um so there's a lot that goes into it and like this is the part that I feel like people don't understand whenever they like think sex work is just easy but mm-hmm. this goes into like you know the whole marketing aspect um for starters you know sex work is stigmatized and like even darker kinds of, kinds of sex work like you know BDSM femdom, findom, are even more stigmatized. So social media in the world is just going to hate us. Um, Automatically, just by like posting, you know, fetish related things, your account will typically be shadow banned. And that's, you can't really escape that. It's just kind of bound to happen. So with like, you know, social media, kind of like making it harder for us to get our target audience, I feel like engagement groups are necessary for that. Um, They boost your content and just help you gain more of a following. As for my account and like the whole like retweeting thing, there are different kinds of, you know, engagement groups. Some being like, you know, likes only, some being like retweets only or, you know, whatever. And I run like a, I have my own engagement group that's, um, like a rounds group so it's like we all take turns like retweeting each other and engaging with our content so it really just helps get your account out there to more people um so that's pretty much why mine's a lot of like other sex workers and stuff what is it like running an engagement group it's a lot of hard work i'm not going to lie um 
mine is actually a combination of both like thin doms and like just like other like OnlyFans creators. So recruiting people to join my group is a little challenging because I do have like criteria that I do look for whenever mm-hmm. I'm like adding people. One of them being like, of course, I want it to be like very diverse in terms of like POCs and like gender sexuality. Um, especially because like, you know, I'm a gay person and I also just want to like be sharing like other gay people and like queer people. So yeah. You are a lesbian, right? Yes. What is it like being a lesbian dominating mostly uh, men online? Wait, sorry. I want to correct something. I don't use a label. I mainly use oh, queer sure. just because, like, I feel like it can fit, like, a lot of, like, umbrella, like, it's just a good umbrella term, you know? Okay. I, like, don't, like, strictly date girls. Like, what if there's, like, a non-binary person or, like, something, like, of the sort. So mm-hmm. I just like to use the word queer. It's easy and, like, yeah. Um. Sure thing. Totally understandable. I apologize. No, you're good. I just wanted to, like, um, say that really quick. But your question, what was it again? Uh, yeah, so as someone that doesn't like men like that, um, what is it like being a dominatrix for a community of mostly male finsubs? Um, I feel like at first... It's a, it was a little challenging, like, trying to figure out, like, how to, like, go about it. Because some people, you know, either like that you are gay or don't like that you're gay. Um, mm. Like, some men will take it, like, very personally if you're, like, gay. And then some men just fetishize it. So, I mean, it's kind of a lose-lose situation. But I'd rather have the fetishizing people, I guess, because that's what makes me the money. Mm-hmm. But... um. I feel like it's been pretty easy for me. Um, I also just, like, in general, like, to preach the idea that, like, you know, the ultimate form of female supremacy would be, like, worshipping, like, a lesbian. So, I and I feel like by phrasing it like that, a lot of people are like, you know what? That's true. <laughs> so I haven't really had, like, that many problems um, with, like, men being bothered by it. If anything, a lot of them are always like, wow, that's, like, so cool. And then you yourself are not kind of bothered by um, being, I guess one could consider you kind of a sex symbol to distinctly men. Yeah. In this, in this I mean, context. No, yeah. Um, and that's something I'm well aware of. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't bother me because I make money from it. And like, I already knew that going into it. Like, it's the reason why I do it, you know? especially in this world being like female presenting you're going to get have the male gaze on you and there's nothing really much you can do about it you could dress modestly and you would still somehow have it um so i pretty much charge for the male gaze that's kind of like how i see it yeah i i i I can see like how aspects of that are are very empowering for you and i I appreciate you kind of talking to me about that Mm mm-hmm so what's it like dating while being a fin-dom? Do you currently have a partner? What does that kind of look like? Yes, I do. I do have a partner. Um, it, it it can be a little challenging at times just because, like, since I do basically, like, work from home, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I can be, like, online too much. So, like, that can, like, kind of, like, impact it. But, like, my partner is very understanding about that. 
And like, there's no like real jealousy issues in terms of that either. Like I'm very open with what I do. I don't really hide anything. There's nothing to hide. And yeah, I sometimes have even like let them like be in content with me or like do like Skype sessions with me. And how do you maintain the work-life balance? Like, as you talked about, it's, you try to make yourself as available as possible. This is kind of your full-time job. So how do you manage your personal life and your um, sex work? Honestly, um, this is a, it's very hard to manage my, you know, personal and like work life. I feel like a lot of the times they kind of just like mix in. Um, Like I said, earlier or I kind of touched on it earlier Mm -hmm. for me like this isn't just like an online thing or an online persona like this is very much like who I am in real life Mm -hmm. so like everything I do in my life kind of ties back to like Fendom like I make really good money um I have the liberty to like do whatever I want and like for example like travel shop if I want to like buy designer and I feel like if anything it helps me more So it's very easy to kind of get content even when I am outside. So I feel like a lot of the times they kind of just blur into each other. My real life or personal life just kind of sometimes feels very much Findom oriented. Would you be comfortable sharing how much money you've made from Findom? Like, let's say in the past year or or maybe total. I I don't know how you like to keep your your numbers in check. Um, So I actually I have a journal where I write down how much I make per day from every single platform, whether it be like Cash App, OnlyFans, like another sex, like work, um, shit, another sex work platform. Um, so I kind of have that like written down. I keep track of like receipts too for like, you know, tax write-off purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, off the top of my head, I don't really like know an exact number, but I do make like roughly six figures a year. So, yeah. So kind of jumping to kind of the, the receipts for tax write-offs, what do you count as your employment? Like, what what does that paperwork kind of look like? Um, I just do like a 1099 form. Um, just like consider myself self-employed. Um, doing taxes is a very difficult thing. Um, it was actually like my first year officially like filing taxes because like I started November 2019. Mm-hmm. So I've for the first time filed for you know, sex work taxes for the year of 2020. Um, and I, I learned a lot of things. Um, my biggest lesson was save receipts, which is why I've been saving receipts for the following year, because I could have had so many more write-offs and I didn't. So that was like probably like the biggest lesson I learned. But in terms of paperwork, it wasn't really that difficult. Interesting. As we're kind of wrapping up, I just wanted to kind of talk about what are some of the negatives of being a FinDom? Um, I think we, like every FinDom, kind of like goes through like dry like days, seasons. Like, you know, like there are times where like it is slower. So that sometimes like sucks. Um, as for also like me and like I'm sure a lot of like other like POCs can like agree. Um, just getting your content noticed. I feel like there's like this certain type of content I really like to do and I've posted it before and I love it. It makes me happy doing it, but it doesn't get the same reaction as like 
content that I don't want to do, but like that does do well. Um, I very much like doing editorial content. I like doing editorial things in general. Um, and like, it's really just usually not like loved as much as I would want it to be. And like, I don't blame, I mean, I don't really like blame anyone. I know men don't really like see it, see it as art as much. So yeah. And then also the amount of dick pics I have gotten in my DMs. And oh, everyone can agree with this too. It, it's just annoying. Um, I have fun with it now. Like <laughs> at first I would just like block, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun with it. So whenever someone sends me a dick pic, I'm like, oh my God, how nice. Is it okay if I post this? And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, can I like post this on my timeline? I think everyone should see. And then they usually <laughs> block me. So, <laughs> so like I have fun, like, you know, just like, making the best out of it i get a rush and like thrill just like scaring men so i think it's just like scarier that way they're probably like what the fuck is this bitch doing (laughs) (laughs) um and do you have any like concerns about doxing or kind of keeping um you know kind of the many strange people that exist on the internet um from knowing a lot about your personal life um so to be honest, my family knows what I do. My friends know what I do. So in terms of doxing, I'm not scared. Um, and if someone were to dox me, that's illegal. But I'm not scared. Everyone around me knows like what I do. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed of it. And do I sometimes fear my safety? Yes. But in general, sex work or not, I fear my safety always. I'm just a paranoid person, um, but I'm very well aware of, like, everything. Um, so, yeah. And I also, like, you know, I protect my online, like, database. Like, I have a VPN. No one can track me, my like, through my IP. So, yeah. And how did that conversation go with your family? Have they been just generally understanding? Um, so, my siblings, like, always knew. I have, like, very accepting siblings and, like, they like just like were the first people I told outside of like friends um as for my parents it's kind of funny so like the person I was dating before my current partner um he had like told my mom because like I guess he was like upset like that I didn't want to be with him and he had like sent like screenshots of like my only fans to my mom oh wow at first Uh, yeah it it was awful it was actually like a year ago like back in March like yeah early March I want to say um so that was a very very scary situation because I just didn't know how like my parents would react um but they took it well I'm very open about what I do I don't really do nudity so like that's not something I have to worry about um, and that's not to shame anyone who does do nudity. Like, more power to you. I just personally don't. Um, so, yeah, for me, Findom is just overall my personality. It just works. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that you would like to cover that you felt like we haven't covered yet in this interview? Mm, I do want to say to anyone who's, like, listening, especially if you are a girl or just anyone considering going into this, do your research. Like, know what you're getting yourself into. It's not just, like, easy money. It really isn't. 
subs can see right through your bullshit and can tell when you like know what you're doing and when you're not. Um, and I feel like that's something that's very important for like anyone to learn because the amount of times I have seen people join the scene and then like leave like a couple months after and it's because not everyone's cut out to do it. Not everyone has a dominant personality and that's okay. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with me today. Uh, I greatly appreciate this. All right. I'm excited. Thank you for interviewing me. You've been listening to Tribute First. If you like what you heard, go ahead and rate this podcast five stars or give it a like. Follow the show on Twitter at TributeFirstPod. And remember, if you choose to approach any Dom interviewed on the program, be sure to Tribute First. <laughs>